Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. All right, let's do this. Hi, I'm Kate Madakani Aldridge. For now, anyway. I'd like to welcome you to Spiritual Home. As a client of Spiritual Home, you've already shown that you're someone with an enlightened aura. Someone better, like me. So, I'd like to suggest that you also support Dumpty Dum at patreon.com. If you do, you can get their extra content. It's the actual meaningful stuff not the usual drivel. It doesn't matter how much you sponsor them for. I think they're pretty desperate, to be honest. Okay, patreon.com. And obviously, if you ever need a vaginal steaming, you know where I am. (laughs) Blessings. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumby Dum, the show about the reality darky drama that has centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the breach that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the cocking rod that is. Lucy Freeman. And the last part of the annual home farm feathered bloodbath, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumpty Dum, I believe, is Greavesy, a.k.a. Derek Fletcher. Not 100% sure. Was it labelled correctly? Uh, some anonymous email <laughs> came through and I just completely forgot to... Uh, to I don't know. I think it's Greavesy. What do you reckon? And, and that lovely Kerry Warby, so we'll like her. She's, she's funny on the yes. Twitters. She's very funny. Yes. yes. So, um, well done. And hasn't she got a new job or something? She has. Mm. Right, I started uh, kind of like Twitter stalking her. Oh, <laughs> that's nice to know. I'm sure she'll be reassured by that. Well, it, no, okay, it's called following her. Oh, you know, <laughs> January the eighth. January the eighth. <laughs> Royfield Brown has started stalking me. <laughs> well, well, send help. Well, isn't that what Twitter's all about? You hit follow. Well, I think stalking. the term is following. Mm. No, 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 it's not. It's not stalking. Is in the dark and scary. Right. But just following somebody nicely on Twitter is just being nice on Twitter. Right. Okay. Of course, if you then if you then slide into her DMs mm-hmm. as if you've you're on goose fatted feet and <laughs> you know pop in and go hi, Kerry. Just why do men do that? I get is it's like you said you you it, blah, recently I tweeted something mm. and. 
normally people will like or at like it or retweet it or whatever. Mm. But men go on my DMs and say, that was really funny. And I think, why are you doing that? Why don't you just tell me where everyone can see you? It's really odd. It's the social media equivalent of hiding behind a curtain. It's just weird. Anyway. Well, I do DM people if I want to ask them to come on to Friday 15. Well, yes, of course. But not if they've just put something funny and everyone else has put, oh, that's really funny. And then you go and go to the DMs to do it. That's bizarre. Lucy, can we get on with Dumpty Dum now? Sorry. Yeah. Right then. Uh, now, Lucy, <laughs> if somebody wants to send us in a Dumpty Dum, how can they do that? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction or believe that an underfunded local paper can not only apparently send out journalists for a day in the field, but also email and publish reviews within 12 hours of the performance, then call us on 020-303-13105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and mm. doing the Dumpty Dogs Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to the lovely Derek for the loan of the back bedroom. Uh, Derek has been doing his good deed for the new year and has offered to help out Adam and Ian on the sperm front. Um, <laughs> obviously, he is a regular at the sperm clinic. Uh, they rang him and said they needed him. He said he'd come in a jiffy, and they said, no, the pot will be fine. <laughs> that, that's quite good this week. Well done. Um, on this week's episode, we hear views from Bly Spirit. Oh, happy new year, Bly Spirit, who's suffering from plastic neurosis. Claire, who thinks Justin's confused Lillian with Ruby. Witherspoon, who's got Panto Sadness. And Abby from Brighton, who can see morons. But first, before the first caller in of 2018, it's the first Lucy V. Freeman and her monologue of 2018. Where are you? Music. Oh, shit. Yes, right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've had a break. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Happy New Year, everyone, or possibly Happy Easter. I've lost track a bit. I didn't listen for three weeks and listened to two omnibuses, omnibus, in the wrong order, so I found it even more baffling than I do normally. And I'm still eating Quality Street for breakfast, so do not expect any sense out of me. Mm. But the high point of the confused muddle I did hear was that the panto was an absolute shit show, which was a delight. (laughs) We began the week... Well, the year, actually, with Roy giving Lexi a pearl necklace behind the curtains at Gay Grable's. <laughs> For goodness sake, Roy! Time and place, mate. Time and place. Brian's interview appeared in Cravats today, in which he said that his family were very important to him. Well, anyone's family, to be honest. I'm not fussy. I'll get stuck in whoever they are, said Brian cheerfully. Half the people living in this house are either the products of a knee tremor in the back of the Range Rover or the result of my wife's desire to indulge her Lady Chatterley fantasy with anyone who didn't move fast enough. There was a very weird little episode in which Alice Carter and Ed Grundy went swimming in the Am in January. Ed didn't even sound cold. Bearing in mind how cold the Am must be at this time of year, his knackers must have been dangling just below his tonsils. But he had time to casually towel himself down while he chatted about village gossip with Alice. Why didn't Chris say anything? Has the roof of his mouth gone again? It was apparently <laughs> Krusty's idea and not a whip from her. You can't say that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can. Over at Lower Loxley, having got fed up with everyone comparing him to his dad, an overprivileged but entrepreneurial moron, Freddie has decided to buck the trend by becoming an overprivileged but entrepreneurial moron. He is now mm-hmm. a drug dealer selling E, which he helpfully spelled out to us as meaning E, ecstasy or MDMA. This was a public information warning. Bloody hell, it's like Grange Hill. We'll end up on a close-up of Nolly slumped against the wall of a cubicle looking a bit spotty like Zamo Maguire. Anyway, he's done another one with a bizarre speaking habit. We've got Adam who speaks permanently as if he's trying to suppress a burp because he's run out of windy. <laughs> and then Freddie who talks entirely through his nose. Nolly has told her mother to stick her maternal inf- interference up her yurt. Nolly and Brian have created a sort of unholy alliance based on a mutual love of shooting alcohol and pissing off Kate. Nolly has also ventured into fraud by rubbing down Linda's chakras and opening her conduit in an effort to clean out her character. He did a lot of South African woo, which then Kate saw as an entire Brazil, as if anyone is going to rip off middle-class wallies with more money than sense, it's going to be Kate. And finally, the big news. Pip is keeping the baby. But shh, it's a secret. Hardly anyone knows. Except Alice, Fan, Elizabeth, Emma, Ed, Jennifer and the Borchester Echo. <laughs> she suddenly remembered she had an Auntie Jeline and had a big heart to heart with her. Why not Neville Booth? She's probably about as close to him. It took me 20 minutes to remember how Jeline and Pip were even bloody related. <laughs> anyway, Pip invited her beloved parents around for chili on the grounds that if all else failed, it might send them into a sexual frenzy, as it does for Neil and Susan, so she could go to bed early without having to tell them. But no such luck. Ruth, who compared with David, is Mensa-grade intelligent, twigged that Pip was up the clangor, whereas David just kept chuntering on about Ruth with her overalls down, which was a disturbing image we could have all done without. Until Mm -hmm. Pip told him that on the scan, the baby was triangular in shape with knobbly bits and that it was indeed a Toblerone. <laughs> so David began the year in the way we all wanted, blowing bits of chilli across the table whilst roaring with horror. Bring it on, 2018. Bring it on. The end. Oh, well done. You managed to condense what um, weeks of uh, Ambridge goings on into <laughs> quite a manageable chunk of well, a Well, I monologue. decided the, the wedding was just so unspeakably shite i couldn't even bring myself to write about it so that was easy the wedding that never happened well i can't even remember the last time um you and robert or or i even talked about the archers but i'll quickly say this about that whole non-wedding that was fraud right and i'm sorry (laughs) to put us listeners through that utter debacle of will she won't she will they won't they uh to twist and turn us when mm. we all said this was just nonsense anyway and then to have yeah. we love each other so much that we're not going to get married yeah you know what it's a good job right i didn't have a you know a a radio on my sideboard because I would have slapped it straight off and smashed it into pieces. <laughs> Seriously. It's a good job. I was listening, you know, with my headphones, chuntering down the road. I seriously felt angry. I got angry. <laughs> you felt you'd been cheated out of something. There was just no need for it because actually what has happened, we haven't moved on. This, you know their their relationship one jot as far as I'm concerned, and we went through all of that nonsense. Mm. Yeah, what, what was it for? Uh, what what was it for? Because, the thing is, though, hmm. they'd done the jilt at the altar with Kirsty. They'd done 
they'd done the jilt at the altar with Kirsty. They'd done uh, the happy marriagey bit with who have we had recently? Who's been oh Chris and Alice and you know there's various sort of um, exciting marriages or in uh, unconventional marriages that actually happen. They'd, they'd sort of run out of options a little bit, hadn't they? So this was the one thing they hadn't done. You know, a, a marriage that doesn't happen because the people say we don't need to be married, sort of thing. Oh, just loose. Uh, but yeah, well, I, I don't. It know. did. It did seem to create something of a of a wave of irritation <laughs> on Twitter. One listener <laughs> who was happy about this, or no, forget happy. Because we listen to this thing to not to be happy half the time. We want to be upset. Yeah. And, and if yeah. somebody somebody thinks number one, this was a good idea, and number two, well executed, please email because I would seriously like to give that email pride of place in the next dumpty dum. Because I, I'd really need somebody to explain to me why. Well, I think Claire says that in her call. Really. She thinks that it's, well, it's quite, she said. Right the, the... my next year's Christmas list. Without <laughs> even listening to her explanation. <laughs> sorry, Claire, you're wrong. But anyway, yeah, go on, sorry. So, um, I did, hmm. what did you think of the show? I mean, I liked the fact that it was awful um, and that they all just got, they had to just drink their way through it. I quite liked that. I, um, I liked that, but I didn't like the fact that Justin Hawkshaw um, kind of somewhat rescued Tristan, Tristan sorry somewhat yeah. rescued Linda yeah because yeah. I loved Robert's unease and Robert just thought Linda yeah. you were a dog's dinner yeah and yeah. you know but that you might not want to read the reviews yeah. I know and, and that because whatever you say about Linda she is not that tone deaf she is not but but she has this whole well, haughty, no she is when it comes to the theater exactly when it comes to the theater yeah. she absolutely does because she thinks yeah that yeah she, you're right remember you're right, she was yeah. big in the Sunningdale yeah. well, she, yes um, yeah dramatic yeah. and she was running and now she's just driving herself as a triple threat <laughs> <laughs> she's she's you know she's gone down a peg or two to be you know directing things in Ambridge that that's always been mm. her view. Mm. You know, so she is she is blind and tone deaf when it comes to her directing and acting chops. But yeah, mm. but it should have been an an obvious in your face. She couldn't you know, escape it disaster, and it wasn't quite. It wasn't quite. Though, I suppose that people like you and I that dislike the panto somewhat had some were somewhat vindicated by the fact that it was seen to be poor. Mm, but but yeah. I just really we should have had people throwing rotten vegetables at her, you know. But that that yeah, but I I did like the applause. It was it was very, very muted applause. People weren't sure if it had actually finished or not. Mm. And it was kind of that was that 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 applause matched the standard of, of what we heard. So it sort of made yeah, I like that. I like that and I thought that was that was uh realistic and um it was a blessed change from the usual mm. hand at the last minute. They put it out of the bag and somebody that you thought was a bit of a no-hoper suddenly turns out to be, you know, Laurence Olivier or something. It was, it was, yeah, it was suitably shit, which I very much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> mm, so, so what else? Oh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you who I'm a, I'm what? a big fan of, Lucy. Who? Nolly 
bloody Tando. I love her. I know. She did really well, didn't she? Oh, And she even talks sense to Freddie. Listen, Nolly, I know she came on and everybody's like, ooh, right, because she's just like her mother. She's like her mother, but she's not just like her mother. Like, she, she's got Freddie's measure, and she's probably the, the, the person to save Freddie as he goes down this path of drug dealing. Yeah, yeah. Because he does, he does respect her. Um, so, so, so there's that. You need to be able to add up as a drug dealer, though, don't you? And selling <laughs> drugs is all about measuring, weighing out things and counting pills. And Freddie, you know, once he's got past 20, he's a bit stuffed, I think. Mm. So, you know, he's going to be the world's most incompetent that, drug that, dealer. That's right? a good link to make, you know, to, to the fact that he can't pass his, ma- his maths A-level. Is it maths A-level or O-level? It's O-level, isn't it? It's O-level he can't pass. It's GCSE. Yeah, yeah. O-level, yeah, so in effect. Yeah, so well done you, because uh, I hadn't thought of that. But you are right. However, his song choice... At that, at that New Year's Eve party, the first one was actually bang on, and that to Shazam it. So I'll give him props for being a bit I of know. a... I know. Do you know I was quite enjoying that. <laughs> I was like... What? I was thinking, for once, they're listening to music I quite like. <laughs> Normally at the moment, whenever we go, all we hear is, is banging drum and bass from um, Ben's yeah. room, because that's all he, he ever does, is just play loud music and get shouted at so we can bang the door. Mm. Um, and some dreadful whining Coldplay shite from... Um, uh, <laughs> uh, Pip, as she debates whether or not to keep the Toblerone, mm. and um, and it's a sort of classic, classic FM that Shula plays, and um, and that's it. And you never have good music. And then I was actually quite enjoying that, and I thought I would listen to this. I would go to this party. It sounds quite fun. Listen. Apart from apart from Alice was there, which would obviously make me leave instantly. But you know, sounded good. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. The second track was, was some, somewhat lame, a, a bit of a kind of happy vocal house. But the first one, I thought, oh, you know, how to get the party started, Freddie. Well done. Um, <laughs> but Nolatando, that dressing down of her mother. Holy yeah. camoly. Right. Yeah. I got, yeah. You know what? I'm doing one of these, Luce. <laughs> and I really should have done the research to discover who the writer was of, of last week, but... It was Tim Stimpson. Well, well done. Well done, Miss, Mr. Stimpson. It just, that was effing mm. awesome. And yeah. spot on the money. And all the things which I just kind of thought and presumed about, you know, Kate going off to South Africa and having her, you know, biracial, you know, mixed family, etc. Yeah, which you said you just want yeah. your, yeah. Absolutely yeah. stunning. I love Nola Tando. I love the fact that she's, you know, I don't advocate, uh, rifles, guns, weapons, and stuff. But the fact that she's decent with with a with a rifle, and um, can you know can take down some clay pigeons. I just love her relationship with Brian. Putting twenty Kate. quid on whether or not Lillian actually gets married. Remember <laughs> that's eight. the triangulation of her, also with Peggy as well. You know she can form uh, relationships with people. She actually understands the transactional uh, nature of them in in a very kind of human way. So she can josh with her grandfather, Brian. She can meet him on his own terms. She's genuinely interested in him and what he's doing. And she can have that uh, uh, the same relationship with her great-grandmother, you know, Frank Sinatra records. She likes hanging out with Peggy. She can, like, 
She's got Freddie's, um, you know, she, she knows who, who Freddie is and actually can be a moderating and a good influence on Freddie. She's told Freddie yeah. off about ha- having a go about Lizzie and his mother. You know, you're an overprivileged, you know, prig or whatever the hell, hell she actually said. Yeah. You know, Nolly Tando is awesome. And she slaps down her mother. I don't want her to go back to Durban. I really don't want that to happen, Lucy. Well, at the moment, she's the only one holding the sodding family together, <laughs> isn't she? So I don't think she should go, really. It's all over for the Aldridges. Mm, talking. What do you think about this, um, the Adam and Ian, oh, let's God. get Lexi and the clanger well, thing? Well, you know what I think, that I think that, that to handle this storyline well in, in, in a believable way, that the, the rent-a-womb cannot be a permanent character on the show. A womb with a view mm-hmm. and you. <laughs> so, yes. because it's just too complex. It's too complex emotionally, re- relationship-wise, etc., for us to have any semblance of being able to really relate to it. So, you know, the room with a view needs to come on, exit stage, and the exit stage, right, and then, then just disappear, you know. Um, yeah. And I suppose that could be Lexi if Lexi then is somewhat written out and then just becomes somebody who just, you know, turns up once every three, four years to see the the little... But she's not going to, is she? Because she's going to be with um, with Woy. Well, it could maybe not work out with Woy. But I just... But, oh. If it doesn't work out with Woy, she'd go. Loose. All I know, right, is that it's bad storyline to try and translate into this mm. drama because of all the reasons that I've mm. said before on previous Dumpty Jumps, it's just too complex to the point where us as listeners who um, assign this a level of believability, plausibility, sorry, a better mm. word to use, um, it just goes past those those realms because we don't have it in our own personal experiences that we know um, surrogate mothers who live in close proximity with donor sperm. You know, it's just two mm-hmm. things which are slightly out of everybody's day-to-day reality. And to put the two things together in a drama which has 80 characters is just too much. It's way mm-hmm. too much. So yeah. I just hope that, you know, sense prevails and she's not going to be the renter womb. <laughs> Since when has sense ever prevailed? <laughs> <laughs> this is the archers. Of course, sense won't prevail, you fool. <laughs> so, um, shall we do some... Should we have some calls? Mm, I think that's just about right. All right, then. Hello, Ambridge3962. Who's first, Lucy? Uh, Blythe Spirit. All right, then. I can do that by pressing this. Hello, Dumpty Dum, Blythe Spirit calling. Well, I hope that everyone had a fantastic holiday and is suitably rejuvenated to go into 2018. I just wanted to respond to um, Yokel Bear's posting on the Book of Face. I'm not there myself, but I Millibel reported it in the seasonal episode and... I just wanted to say that Yokel Bear's expression of disappointment is one that I'm I'm feeling very keenly myself at the moment as well. And I'm I'm really, really with you, Yokel Bear, on this. 
I'm experiencing irritation every time I switch on my radio and I'm finding it incredibly <laughs> unfortunate to be feeling this way about, you know, a drama to which, you know, all of us are, are, are deeply attached and have formed a little family around. It's, it's really quite disappointing. I think the problem is, is twofold. We have characters who are being twisted in the service of plot. They're behaving in completely illogical and irrational ways. They're developing neuroses which are entirely fabricated in situations which feel plastic and entirely fabricated. The second problem is that plots are being twisted on a dime. The example of Justin and Lillian's marriage is, mm -hmm. is, is, a, is a prime, mm -hmm. prime uh, example of this. It just comes out of nowhere. It has no logic or anything like that. Now, I just want to clarify at this point that I do not believe that the writing is is to blame for this. It's not the case. And any stick that the writers have had over people's feelings of irritation and disappointment is, is unjustified. Um, their work has been as attentive and as sharp and as clever and witty as ever. I feel that the problem is with the editing. And this is a problem that the programme has experienced for some four or five years now. The stewardship of this drama needs to be attended to. Anyway, that's it from me. Goodness. I hope everyone's well. And hopefully speak to you again soon. Cheers now. <laughs> Bye. Good heavens. <laughs> I think the only response to that is Ooh! <laughs> the steward. Well, they've lost another editor. Sorry. Another editor has left um, to go on to do Emmerdale, I believe. So I think we are currently, or well, we will be heading into edit, editorlessness shortly. Um, so possibly, again, we're in a holding pattern until we get the new one and get some sense of nodding direction, possibly. That could be it. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I suppose editorship also means general kind of plot direction, doesn't it? Because there's the editing of um, writer's scripts. So the writer does their script and then that's uh, kind of like pruned and, you know, and kind of you're given kind of writer, writerly husbandry. But then there is the whole kind of direction of the whole show and of d various characters, et cetera, et cetera. And... I don't know if I entirely agree with you, uh, Blow Spirit. You've, you're definitely onto something. But whether this is completely directionless, I don't know, because it's very obvious that um, there's been a concerted effort to bring in younger characters, something which we kind of moaned about before, saying that, you know, um, the whole the whole thing was going to eventually not quite die a death, but if you go back to, if you take out the um, Helen and Rob stuff, what you had there as, a, as an undercurrent was older returning characters and, and older returning um, family names like the Fairbrothers and um, the Toboggans, etc. And, and more of more Peggy, Auntie Cardboard came back into it, etc., etc., with this new editor, there's definitely been a drift to the younger characters. And and maybe that's one of the reasons why everyone's getting knocked up all over the place. I don't know. I would say that's somewhat um, lazy uh, plotting. 
But and then now we have this Freddy and drug storyline. But there, you know, we have, there's more Alice, there's there's Nolatando, there is more Fre- there is Freddy, there's um, uh, Lily, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I, I I don't know. You're onto something, but I don't know if I'd entirely say that um, the whole kind of editorship in terms of the plotting of it um, is pants. There you go. Now that's my considered opinion. <laughs> <laughs> on that note <laughs> who's next I can't, I can't add anything to pants really uh, let's do Claire hi Dumpty Dum it's Claire from Clapham here happy new year Hello. to all at Dumpty Dum and all Dumpty Dummers around the world um, I was very impressed at Royfield taking time out of his holiday to um, put together a Christmas edition I don't know if it's going to make the uh, New Year's edition but um, <clears throat> anyway I uh, just wanted to quickly reflect on the wedding that never was. I quite liked it, and can I we move on really to another call? Lucy? That it was almost like the <laughs> no, triumph of Matt over everything in a in a sense because it reminded me of the conversation that he had this weird conversation with uh, Justin a couple of months ago about. Uh, sort of metaphorical conversation about Ruby the dog or something about not being able to keep Lillian on a lead or something like that anyway. Um, and actually, I think that that had sort of really gone in and I think that's sort of what Justin was reflecting on and I think that was probably quite wise. So, um, you know, it was a bit stupid, all the twists and turns, but I thought that ended up not too badly, although, yes, interesting to see what her legal position is amongst all sorts of other things in the future, including the Dower House. Um, just wanted to say something about Pat, really, which is like, you know, you've just made a million pound on a land deal when you could have done something more su- sensible with the land and prov- provided some proper affordable housing, and now you're deciding to be interested in homelessness. Seriously, uh, mm-hmm. like... Charitable work on part of the Archers, women especially, seems to be so hit and miss. I mean, do we even hear Jill going to the Happy Friends Cafe anymore? Um, no. It's such that's a fad, down. and I think that's a real shame. We should see some long-term volunteering in Ambridge. Anyway, that's me done. Have a good new year and speak to you all again soon. Bye. Uh, bye-bye, Claire. I, I, think Pat's, I think Pat's charity thing is a, is is a direct Pat's one of those she's what I call a hair shirter she's one of those people who if something nice happens she has to ferret around to find the the bit that she can beat herself over the head with and she's now going to start feeling guilty just like Helen um you know that she's that she's happy and she's well off and she's comfortable and she's got a nice family so she has to hunt around to find something um uh, and so what she's decided on is that she's very fortunate to have this money. So she has to do something to to pay it back. As if the goats aren't going to keep her busy enough, for God's sake. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's not necessarily an unnatural position. You know, when you, you can look at your life and say, I've had this massive, great bit of, of fortune. I need to, you know, pay it back, so to speak. Um Though it does come over as somewhat, is it cloying? Is that the right word? 
but the, but they have it in their DNA at Bridge Farm, don't they? They are the do-gooders. Yeah. Like they yeah. are the, yeah. we're organic, we are free range. And it, but it just comes over as, you know what, just enjoy it. Just, you know, you've got the cash. Just for, just, you know what, splurge. Go on a nice holiday and just let it all hang out. Just for a bit. You know, don't, you know, start bloody you know pulling your hair out and you know and oh my god and uh. but what i would say though forgetting all of the, the bridge farm conundrums and stuff the only reason i forgot to say this in my little mini rant about that wedding that never was the only reason that i could see for justin to do what he did was just so lillian doesn't have any rights to his stuff which i think is the reason why they threw in the boomerang of the of her coming up with the prenup because then that you know throws you the the listener off the scent, so to speak. That Justin is just trying to uh, keep it, his assets kind of close to his chest. Bear in mind, he's had to give his you know previous uh, give his ex wife um, a, a substantial proportion of, of his estate, and he wasn't happy about that. And then all of a sudden, potentially, is going to somebody else you know, grabbing their hands on it. Um, and then we have this weird thing around him trying to get Amside and stuff. So I don't know. But I did actually think I, 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 this may had less to do with the psychology and the emotion around love and everything to do with legals as far as I was concerned. But I just couldn't quite work it out. Anyway, that's me done. I'm spent. Should we do with a spoon now? <laughs> <laughs> OK, at least we avoided the word pants in that yes. one. Yes. OK, let's do with a spoon. Greetings and wishing a very happy new year to Lucy, Royfield, Robert, Millie Bell, Yokel Bear, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world from Witherspoon and Angus Haggis. I should add, despite Linda's attempts to ruin it for all of us, or maybe it was the scriptwriters who threw their hands up in the air six weeks ago when having to write another panto storyline and exclaimed, oh, for fuck's sake, let's just blow it up this year and it will give us <laughs> an excuse not to have a panto next year. Because no one I don't really think I've ever heard him swear. Really? Yeah, I was thinking exactly the same thing. Disaster. Now, mm. I, for one, am a fan of the panto, and so was very disappointed in the outcome. Linda, being a self-proclaimed triple threat of writing, directing, and thespianism, <laughs> would never be so, so tone-deaf about the satirical and body humor of a panto. She is British, isn't she? And the same goes for Tristram Hawkshaw. And by the way... How does a small town rag get out a review so quickly? It's well known that even the New York Times bases their morning after opening night review on an earlier late preview performance. Ah, anyway, yes. enough of that. I'm sure lots of others will share their opinions. So let's briefly change the subject. How clinically passive aggressive can Will Grundy get? I just don't get why he couldn't tell Brian about the shooter's dogs who scared off the birds. It seemed like just another reason to have a moan about the world being against him. Maybe he and his ex-wife aren't so different after all. So ponder that over your New Year's lunch and enjoy the start of 2018. May it be another fun-filled one for Dumpty Dum. Talk to you all soon. Mm. Thank you. With a spoon. Yeah. The only time that we you consistently get will at at New Year, don't you? With the with the New Year's yeah. shoot, him yeah. and Brian, and whether yeah. we got whether he'll get any bloody tips, who cares? <laughs> He's been given a free house for crying out loud. <sighs> I'm struggling to find any sympathy for him and his bloody tips. But anyway, I did like the fact that Nick had his back. 
I like that. You know, that Nick goes off to Jennifer and, you know, says just yeah. about the right mm-hmm. thing for Jennifer, then can translate yeah. it back to Brian, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But I'm yeah. struggling to understand the point of 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 uh, Will Grundy, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't think that's a controversial his time, point. His time will come. <laughs> He's well, he's just, he ain't done naff all for, you know, in forever, yeah. has he? You know, Ed, yeah. Ed has, you know, Ed has this thing with Alice, or at least Alice has a thing with Ed. I don't, Ed has not noticed. Ed, um, you, you see the struggle of the rural um, poor with Ed. That's his storyline, and that they're going to struggle. And also the struggle of the rural fucking idiot who doesn't take a permanent <laughs> job often to him. Jesus. There's, I'll tell you, there is a village somewhere missing an well, idiot you, and it's Ed. You, okay, you get the struggle of the freelancer then, whatever, right. So Ed has many hats to wear in this whole kind of docu-soap, whereas Will, I don't, you know, he doesn't even fight with Ed anymore. There's no sibling rivalry. And there's no Cain and Abel stuff like there was before. So what's the point? You know, just for once a year for him to moan about a bloody shoot and some grouse. <laughs> because we're waiting for Georgie to grow up and reveal himself as a total kleptomaniac and to turn out that he's channeling his, you know, um, dodgy uncle, great uncle and blah, 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 blah. Mm. It will all, there will be a point later on, won't there? Yeah, well, it... it it, that point we best get to it soon because I just think well, yeah, I don't know, Luce. I, I like Nick, and she got away with slapping uh, slapping up Georgie that time. We've forgiven her for that, but I just will Grundy. No, I'm sorry. No, don't like him. Don't see the point of him. Uh, but um, he's coming on Dumpty Dum next week. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not actually. <laughs> But anyway, uh, it doesn't matter to be honest. None of them bloody listen. They've got no idea what we say about them. That's not true, and you know it because we have Anya who's going to be coming on to Dumpty Dum very, very soon. So no, and she does listen. So, uh, so there you go. Okay. Okay. Can I just say something? Uh, Yes. The lady, the lady that plays Kathy Perks, asked me if I had ever been on the show before. Well, I didn't say that they all listen. <laughs> um, can I? Ju- I went. Yeah, and you said yes a few times. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well uh, just very quickly. Um, <laughs> I've been meaning to say this for for a little while, right? And the very fact that uh, Robert has been co-hosting, and then Christmas came along, I couldn't. But Lucy, are you watching The Crown? No. Oh, God. It is one of the best things I've seen on TV. I tell you, Luce, did you see season one? No. Why not? It's right up your alleyway. You like all that oldie-worldy stuff in the 1940s and, and 50s. I know, but it's, it's 50 minutes of my life when I could be doing something else. But I know you, you waste a lot of your time. Right, you know, it's not, you do, you do. <laughs> Doing what? Listen, season one, which was no pun intended. Ah, 
Hang on, hang on. Never mind season one. What do I do that's a waste of time, Royfield? You read all those Map and Lucia books and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You know. It's the devil's work. You live in a world of the 1930s, 40s and 50s. So why the hell you wouldn't watch it... Uh, made manifest in front of you by a Netflix miniseries, Heaven Only Knows, which is acted with superb aplomb. Right. In season one, Matt Smith, who plays uh, Prince Philip, I just thought, I actually thought he stole the show. I just thought, you know what? You kind of look like Prince Philip. You've got his mannerisms. And And he actually made Prince Philip a somewhat sympathetic figure. Season two, Claire Foy, who plays uh, our, our Lizzie the Queen. Holy moly. Luce, watch, please watch any episode where she's invariably the lead. She isn't the lead in all of them, funnily enough. Um, it's a studied performance in eye acting, right? She blinks uh, uncomfortably and you get the whole sense of her position as... She's this, you know, young middle-aged woman. She's like, right, 35. She's the queen. She's uncomfortable, but she's a snob at the same time. She has suppressed anger and she can't say stuff. And you see the blinks and the kind of the gulps. It's a bloody masterclass. And Lucy, right? And I know we talk about a radio soap all the time, but it is beautiful, beautifully shot. I just, I cannot believe how wonderful this thing is. And there's a snapshot of Britain in the 1950s and early 60s in in season two. It's just wondrous. And they all deserve Emmys, Oscars, Golden Globes, everything. It's just brilliant. It's just absolutely fantastic. She looks like the young queen, but you, you understand them actually as people. And it's not a total whitewash job like the Royal Family are wonderful. You know, because I tell you what, Princess Margaret, holy camola, she's not a nice person. The Queen is not necessarily that nice. She is a pretty snob. The Queen Mother comes out of it as this kind of detached ice maiden. Uh, it's it's, it's mm. great. Please watch it. My um my my first ever boss mm-hmm. uh, was connected with that lot, and he was in the military and served with Prince mm-hmm. Philip in various places and he said he was not in the same bed on two consecutive nights. <laughs> well, they massively hinted that all the way through. Massively mm-hmm. hinted yeah. that. And a lot of, when I say about the, the Claire Foy's blinking when she's just really angry, <laughs> but she can't say stuff. But she's talking around yeah. the issue is to do with yeah. Philip and supposed yeah. infidelity. You know, because they yeah. never. Well, you know, our, our very own Shambridge, yes. Queen of the Voices, mm-hmm. she said that she felt that Claire Foy's, um, not an impersonate, whatever it is, her portrayal of the yeah. Queen, she said how she gets that crack in her voice, the posh. Mm that posh sort of hairline crack that 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 um that sort of um generation and classic person has in their voice she said it's absolutely uncanny and she was going on to me about how that, that how, was what a beautiful portrayal it what was. was the other thing which i was going to going to say and that Hans said earlier she's a it's a great impression of the queen you know i just mm. seriously i just i'm floored by the whole thing 
the, you know, and some of the scenes, because there's actually obviously quite a lot of CGI in it without feeling like like there is. So there's this pan yeah. shot where you get Buckingham Palace and it pans up and it's like the late 1950s and of course there's no London Eye so that to like rub out the London Eye and all the skyscrapers and whatever. <laughs> so, so, and it, you feel like you're absolutely bloody there. The only thing from those exterior scenes are, are there's not enough cars because obviously that's where you're real right. money for them to have sort of some vintage, you yeah. know, Humble yeah, or whatever, yeah. Zephyr and whatever. Yeah. But oh god, loose and the, the the costume design, everything, the lighting. I, I I've just got to the end of season two now. I'm just going back. I'm going to watch it, watch it all again. You know, the guy who plays Lord really? Litchfield, brilliant. It is so good, Lucy. And you know me, I, I rave about superhero movies and stuff. But yeah, but this 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 is on another level. This is another level of social commentary, historical drama. Do you mean Litchfield or Snowden? Oh God, who's the one that married uh, Margaret? Margaret. Snowden. Oh God, I've been calling him Litchfield. Uh, Although, yeah. Do you yeah. know what? My, my, I'm giving away lots of secrets Sorry. here. I probably shouldn't. <clears throat> a friend of a friend works with worked with Lord mm-hmm. Snowden. And um, he used to get a bit. My my friend's friend is straight, and uh, Lord Snowden used to get a bit, a bit um, curious. When he'd, a bit merry, a bit merry on the sherry, and uh, he was, he said to him once, "Have you ever tried boys? They're marvelous." <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a scene with that. There's a scene with that. Yeah. You know, and he. Um, I think it's the day when he decides. Apparently, they don't like it. The royal family don't like it. They don't. They won't talk about it, and they won't. You know, they say, "Are you watching that bloody thing?" Well, I am surprised. Just the amount of money spent on that. I don't know if they had access to Buckingham Palace, but you do see a lot of what you presume to be the the real palace. I just presume it to be the real palace. You you see, um, there's all these exterior shots of Balmoral and and all sorts. So on Mm. some level, there's been some. Collaboration on some level, yeah. But considering, but that would, but that would, that would just be any. You know, you can, you can walk around Balmoral on a, you know, in a, you know, they open it to the true. public, and you, you know, there's postcards and hundreds of books, true, and they could just true. recreate it. And, completely from and that. the royal family aren't stupid enough to say absolutely no. Um, we're we're thoroughly against this because then that just creates me- more media interest. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah, need to yeah. somewhat kind of acquiesce or at least be, you know, quiet and stuff about stuff. But yeah. but there is the scene where Snowden is in bed with his husband and wife. Um, you know, so every <laughs> every rumour we've heard about the royal family yeah, is hinted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, they either hint at it or explicitly show it. Yeah. And the yeah. but the 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 person who gets it the worst. I think I said Princess Margaret just comes out as being somewhat um well, she always was um a total bloody snob and a good time girl. But the mm. one who just gets annihilated by this is uh, the Duke of Windsor. Oh he is right. a horrible piece of work he is. It's totally <laughs> um you know entitled and and detached and just a snide little shit but you gotta watch it mm. it's, it's it's bloody awesome you know <laughs> oh even down to Macmillan and his wife just shagging everybody it's all there Lucy <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome please anyway 
if if there is somebody out there on planet earth that has watched the crown and doesn't like it please also email me because i'll take you to task because <laughs> this is impossible not to like impossible not to like right we've done all the caller in us uh, no, we've got Abby oh, from Brighton. Gosh, yeah, you're right. We have got Abby from Brighton. And if I do this... Oh, crumbs. Oh, no, no. There she is. Abby from Brighton. Hello, Dumpty Dummers Worldwide. It's Abby from Brighton here. Wishing you all a belated Happy New Year. Sorry I haven't been around much recently. I've been a bit headless chicken with various things. But I felt that I just had to phone up to express my stupidity. No, irritation about the stupidity four-way tie that is in between <laughs> Pip and David and Lexi and Ian. Oh, my God, how stupid can four different people be in two different ways? Perhaps I should also be expressing my own stupidity because it actually has made me incredulous with rage. I think Ian is probably just about the worst. You absolutely do not take someone up on an offer that they made after you had plied them with your father-in-law's Christmas whiskey what is wrong with you? <laughs> Lexi is clearly thinking about it, and I don't understand why. Why does it mean that she'll be able to spend more time in the UK with with Roy? I mean, why would you? But with Roy, does pregnancy somehow entitle you to to a visa or a passport? Can't she just be working here anyway? I'm just really confused about the whole thing. Um, Pip and David, well, it was always going to be a disaster. I'm dreading Jill finding out about the whole thing because I just don't think... No, you're not. You're looking forward to it. (laughs) It's just hideous. And, oh, I I don't have words. Anyway, I hope everyone (laughs) is well. I hope 2018 has been kind to you so far. And cheery bye. Doesn't Abby sound like Goddess Diva? No. She does. Her voice does. Not the accent, but the, the, the tone oh, of her voice. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll concede that. Um, well, I like the fact she said, I'm ringing in to express my stupidity. No, my incredulity <laughs> and the stupidity. <laughs> Everyone else just rings in to express their stupidity, Abby, to be honest. Um, and we follow it up with more stupidity of our own. Um, hmm. I am, as Royfield said, I am personally looking forward to Jill exploding like a little metal teapot rattling on a on an arga <laughs> when she finds out about the Toblerone. Um, I, 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 oh, well, I find it deeply odd that that Lexi would even give this thought house room. Um, this 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 surrogate thought it just seems. I think if you'd never had children. Maybe. But I think if you've got two grown up children who you are away from, the idea of having another baby would be emotionally very, very tough. And uh, it just seems an extraordinary decision to me. So I do hope that that uh, that that does not happen. Mm. And have we talked enough about Pip and the pregnancy? Well, we probably haven't. But to be honest, I still I just don't believe in it. I mean, I know she's going to have it and I know that blah, blah, blah. But as it just seems so unbelievably out of character mm. for her to want a baby when she has never expressed any interest in babies or children before, ever. 
I couldn't agree more. And I listened to the last time that Robert was on the show and he said, well, she's, um, you know, in her mid-twenties, she's middle class, she's got this burgeoning career, she just wouldn't derail it. And mm. that, and I know some people listening would be, would say, you know, but finding yourself pregnant will knock that completely to one side. But the unpalatable truth is that for a lot of women in her position in terms of career-wise, it would. They would say they'd make that rational decision and mm -hmm. to terminate yeah. the pregnancy. So, yeah. so I agree yeah. with you. It doesn't feel believable. I mean, maybe if she was in a if she was in a committed long term exactly. relationship yes, with Toby, no, ex exactly, exactly, exactly. Even if she didn't think she wanted a baby, she'd think, well, you know, let's move forward. This is a way to do that. Blah 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 to progress the relationship and stuff. But but just to to decide that she's going to be a single mum and and. It's just, just it. It just doesn't make any sense those, to me at all. This is one of the one of life's areas where us blokes have to take a step back, and you know, because what I've heard from a lot of women is, well, this feels right for me. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. I there is, you know, I can't help but want to do this. Whereas men, I completely believed in Kirsty when Kirsty was pregnant and said, "No, I'm going to keep yeah. it." That I completely believe. But, but, all, but also, uh, she, she's, 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 she's involved with Henry and, and, yes, and Jack, yes. isn't she? And, and, she's the, and they foreshadowed that by her, you know, being yeah. around Helen. Yeah. And you know, yeah. yes, they foreshadowed yeah. those maternal feelings. Yeah. But also, she's like 10, 12 years older as well. You know, she's at least 10 years older than, than Pip, isn't she? So you, you can look at it and go, well, not that Kirsty. You know, Somebody at Kirsty's age would be starting to say, "This could be my last chance." No one at Pips. Yeah, because, and also she's had a series of of cocked up relationships where, you know, things have gone wrong, and she's sort of disillusioned with the whole process. She's also a feminist who doesn't, you know, obviously believe that that that, that she needs to have a, a bloke around to to do it, and you know, mm. she's got Helen as a role model. Um, so yeah, that makes a logical, yeah. a logical sense within the narrative. If you met somebody, if you met Kirsty in real life, you'd, you'd think, yeah, that decision makes complete sense. If you, if you met Pip, you'd think, and then you did what? Yeah. You know, it just seems yeah. extraordinary. It just seems the, the other thing which I would, though I don't believe that Pip would be making this decision. What I will commend the scriptwriters for though, is the reaction of Toby. That first, Toby yeah. took it really, really well, and he appeared to be supportive. Yeah. And he did all the things that any bloke in his situation would do because he presumed she was going, going to have the termination. So he said, no, okay, well, you know, if you need anything from me and, you know, I'm with you, et cetera, et cetera. Because he did the calculus and he said, well, she ain't going to have it. So then that so when she then says, um, actually I'm going to have it, he's just spiral spiraled out of control. And I know there are there's many a man listening to this podcast that has felt and actually been in exactly the, the same position. And so yeah. that was really yeah. well played. You know, 
Yeah. Toby did not want her to have this child one iota, but he went, oh, she's not going to have it. So he did all the... And there is that, yeah, there is that soap trope as well about someone going, oh, my God, this is such a shock. Are you really... No, actually, oh, my God, I'm I'm really excited. You know, there's that kind of... I never realised it's what the bloke saying, I never realised it's what I wanted, but now it's happened. I couldn't be happier, blah, blah, blah. And a nation throws its hands up and goes, oh, please. And, you know, they could have done that. but And that also would not have been very Toby-like. And I think this is the point at which we're going to find out that he's got a kid in Brighton as Mm. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think he's been, this has happened before. And I think what Rex is going to say, Rex will come back because now um, Anisha's back. Rex will now reappear and will say, oh, my God, not another one. Mm. Oh, loose. That, what, you know what? It's a proper good storyline, though I don't believe half of it. Now, uh, <laughs> <laughs> shall we have um, a little commercial sojourn and then come back with not one but two social media roundups? Yes. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Look what free speech has gotten you, right? And, and if free speech is going to bring a Hitler to power, are you still going to defend the rights of those people to speak? If you talk about the things that affect your daily life. The secret to being a good actor. I don't really care, actually, whether Britain remains Britain. His dad was actually murdered in front of him. Marine Le Pen has changed the Pont National. If it's like kind of like a documentary investigative reporting serialized true crime, it often gets into questions about the justice system or the media. In an uncertain world, there's always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people for the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to vote. Good question. Really good question. And now we're back from uh, from the adverts. It's uh, this. 
Hello, Dumb to Dumb, it's Yokel Bear here with the first social media roundup of 2018. Happy New Year! Um, I'm going to start with the forum because, uh, please, standing ovation for Fiona Siobhan Powell's post this week um, on the forum. What an absolute delight this is. Uh, Fiona's written some rules for living in Ambridge. Um, There's quite a few of them. You need to go to the forum and have a look at them. I'm not going to read them all out because it would take too long. Uh, But I'm going to give you a taste. Here's rule number two. It's very dangerous to be in love or to have sex in Ambridge. You have a higher than average chance (laughs) of being widowed, a higher than average chance of being jilted at the altar, and no contraception ever works in Ambridge. (laughs) You will get pregnant unless you plan to get pregnant, in which case you will find it impossible to get pregnant. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely an Ambridge rule. Uh, But I also like number five. If your name is Cathy, your lovers or husbands will be seduced by Jolene. If your name is not Kathy, then Lillian is your designated seducer. Unless your husband is related to said Lillian, at which time, if everyone's marriage is looking too happy, an additional femme fatale will be imported, probably from Ireland. Yeah, you need to go and read that post. It's excellent. Well done. Well done. I love that. Um, Also as well, Fat Friend on the forum posted something um, about, it was called Death in Ambridge. And I th- I got all excited. I thought this was going to be like Agatha Christie. Oh, my God, there's going to be a murder mystery. I thought, God, perhaps me and Millie, me and Millie Bell could go and investigate. We could be a crime-fighting duo. <laughs> Millie and the Bear. Yes, this needs to happen. But what it was actually about was Fat Friend was saying um, that they're a bit uncomfortable with the spe- speculation as to which um, Ambridge resident, elderly Ambridge resident, is due a visit from the Grim Reaper. Young people in Ambridge died for all sorts of reasons and may be voiced by new actors. Surely when a character has been played um, by the same beloved actor for Yonks, they will live at least um, at shortly after the said actor has shuffled off this mortal coil. Yeah, I kind of get what you're saying then. It's, it's you know, it's should, should um, you know, if, you've, if somebody's been playing it for years... Does the character kind of just slightly outlive the actual uh, person? Obviously, bearing in mind um, everything that happened with Caroline this this year, um, yeah, I think it is a bit kind of yeah. I feel a bit uncomfortable with it as well. Uh, but I'll also say that um, um, Witherspoon has got some um, good views on this as well. So get over to the forum and have a look at them. Um, Julie Atkinson also on the forum said, um, although she applauds Pat and Helen for agreeing to work at the homeless shelter at Christmas, she does wonder what the effects of this will have on Henry. After all, she wasn't there for him last Christmas and will be away for a um, significant amount of time this Christmas day. Um, Yeah, Um, Julie says she's really quite cross about this storyline. And Miss Mid-City... I, you know, Miss Mid-City, I'm sensing that you're a bit cross about this as well. Because you wrote lots of stuff <laughs> about it, um, yeah, I think you're right. It seemed it seemed a bit kind of um, out of character, and especially when Helen did mm. that whole kind of she had to leave for a bit because she was thinking about what happened in the the previous year and what have you. You know, you think maybe she might have thought of Henry. I don't know, um, but yeah, that was that kind of was a bit. Um, 
That that seemed a bit odd to me, that whole storyline. Uh, but talking of Christmas, we also had a bit of a discussion on the Facebook page about the Christmas Day episode because I loved it. <laughs> the Grundy's playing Twister with Oliver. Yeah, I absolutely adored that. Um, Martin Lightburn says, um, absolutely loved Joe's performance, uh, but felt that the man left alone to cook dinner plotline felt more like it belonged in Terry and June's Christmas special than yeah, the 21st absolutely. century. Also as well, both um, Paul Schluss and uh, Andrew Horn commented that Joe was being really emotionally blackmaily. Uh, yes, he <laughs> was a little bit, wasn't he? Um Linda McLaughlin also said, was the Twister before or after dinner, in brackets, sprouts? Yeah, I'm hoping it's before. God knows what would happen <laughs> afterwards. Um, also, as well, Claire Asprey said, best of all, we didn't have to hear the squabbling at home farm or the social awkwardness and class tension at the Carters. Um, yes. Dan Heller was also <laughs> saying that after this that week's was done, was more than a little scared of what might unfold. Um, spent a quarter of an hour waiting for the shoe to drop, and it didn't. Um, so it was, but it was a nice level of tension. So, yeah, kind of enjoyed that. Um... And as it's Christmas and New Year, we also had a bit of speculation about what who's in for a good year or a bad year um, this year in Ambridge. Um, Judith Lawrence came up with a brilliant kind of um, conspiracy theory. Um, Justin is going to get found out for a major misdemeanour, running Matt down, being behind the Melling scandal. Then he's going to get arrested in prison and Lillian will be very happy that there was no marriage certificates. Um, yeah, that might happen, I guess. Um, Marie Harris, Marie Harris, you're getting a bit violent here, I think. Um, oh, I don't know. Um, Marie, Marie said, hopefully Freddie will be killed off in a drug-related incident. I want to punch him in the throat every time he speaks. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think you, you should punch him in the throat because otherwise, um, you know, PC harassment's going to turn up on your doorstep, isn't he? Um, also as well, Isabel Hughes says that Adam will have a bad year as he continues to be so very Adam about everything. Yes, I yes. know exactly what you mean. Um, and also, finally, we 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 talked to we we ended the week talking a bit about Linda. We've got a post on the Facebook page about did she write that? Um, did she write that um, um, review herself? Yes, I think she did. Or at least she might have greased the oh. wheels with... Is it Tristan? Did Tristan write it? Tristan Hawkshaw? Um, yeah. I reckon money might have changed hands. Um, but also, I posted something, and it made me think... Um, I'm always worried when I post an opinion like this, because it normally leads to a bit of a, you know, a bit of a heated debate. But this time, I posted that I thought Linda was being written very out of character, and a lot of people yeah. agreed. Actually, this was... Was the most there was the most um posts this week on the facebook page were about this um loads of people agreed that uh like for instance becky land said linda's never be, um she's um so she's never been self-reflected but she is kind-hearted but a little bit pompous um, ben Johnson wonders whether I think she's being set up for a major storyline, possibly an exit story. No, you do not take the snell away from Ambridge or the <laughs> to deal with. Do you hear me, script writers? Um, but also as well, we, there was a lot of people um, 
talked about how it was out of character because she would be more professional, wouldn't she? Um, um, Pat Ralph Hanavan said yes. Um, you know, she, um, she she would be more professional. Um, Peter Mabbott said the lack of respect for the vicar and her behaviour all over exaggerated. Um, but he did wonder whether it was Linda post magic mushrooms courtesy of um, Northlander and Freddie. Um, so yeah, so we've had a big discussion about that this week. So that's what's been going on. Anyway, look, have a great new year. I'll be back in two weeks' time, and you've got my lovely, lovely compatriot in crime or crime crime solving as we've now decided. Um, next week so um, goodbye goodbye everyone well we have had a very busy week on both the forum and Facebook on the forum we've had discussions about character count predictions mortgage affordability which was started by Miss Mid City Right You Are by Mike Hatton Death in Ambridge by Fat Friend uh, just to let you know, I don't have fat friends, I just have friends, but it was started by uh-huh. a fat friend. Uh-huh. Uh, Confusing Henry by Julie Atkinson. Rules for Living in Ambridge, which was started by Fiona Siobhan Powell. And she also started one about surrogacy. So lots happening over there on the forum. Thank you so much for getting involved, everyone. We really appreciate it and it makes the upkeep worthwhile. On the Facebook page, we have been talking about Nola Tando, who should not be embarrassed or surprised by her mother's embarrassing behaviour. It is the right of every parent to embarrass their kids, right? Leslie Greaves said, I hope Nola Tando starts wearing barber jackets, joins the hunt and the Tory party just to annoy Kate. And Laura Jo (laughs) Elzinger said, embarrass them briefly by giving them a kiss goodbye in front of their school friends or posting a picture of them as a baby on Facebook when it's their birthday. Not by showing up at a party for college students pretending you're 20 years younger than you really are. Um, And Becky Land said, lesser right, more a long-awaited pleasure. And Witherspoon agreed with Laura Jo and said, Kate doesn't just embarrass Nolotando, she wants to be Nolotando, as Nolotando would say, pathetic. So great discussion happening there. We also had a bit of a laugh when uh, Brian said that Kate was, I think it was Brian said that Kate was unsullied. (coughs) Whatever. Um, We wondered whether Susan had just lost her crown as village gossip queen. And Rob's shosh said, Alice has sunk to new lows, in my opinion. Spiking drinks is immature and potentially dangerous. If someone says no thanks, it should be respected. The next day, she doesn't care about Pip, just herself. And that is so true, Robs. You are spot on. Uh, Patricia Anderson also talked about the fact that it was the most stupid behaviour by Alice and Ed. Totally unbelievable. In fact, I'm pretty sure that in some countries, it's illegal to spike somebody's drink. So it was an interesting storyline. And I think goes with our concern that she might be a functioning alcoholic. Um, But of course, it did move the Pip story along as well. Uh, we wondered what uh, Nolotandu has in mind for um, uh, Kate. And we also looked at uh, the, Freddie because, um, Freddie, you are so like your lovable prankster father. It's like a free pass for him, isn't it? But we don't agree with that. Karen Cunningham said, but it's all done without the good heart and never a thought for others, unlike Nigel. Freddie's a hideously overprivileged twonk. The character is very one-dimensional and maybe that's the point. And Leslie Greaves said, at least Nigel dealt in ice cream and not pills. Well, that's true, isn't it? (laughs) Um, We also discussed Jolene as the wise woman of the village, so good to have her back. Liz Villalobos said, we sure know who can keep a secret. 
She was the first to know and only spoke to the right person instead of blurting out the happy news to whoever was listening. And Witherspoon also pointed out that she also punished her daughter for doing that. Glyn Fuller Love said, Do we think she's told Kenton? David will go ballistic if he thinks his brother knew before him. Well, that's absolutely true too, isn't it? So as you can see, we've had a really busy week, but we are going to finish with the fact that, of course, it was good to have information out in the open for both Lexi and for Pip. Karen Karen Cunningham said, Rubbing my hands with glee for Tuesday's episode, where Jill is left stunned. A fair brother. Ooh, she wouldn't even give Toby a flapjack last year. Wondering if the shock will see her off. And Stephanie Powell said, Thank God. I thought Pip would never spit it out. Definitely had bated breath throughout those scenes. Hated the whole Lexi thing. She's going to be a baby mama, isn't she? As you can see, really far along on both the forum and on Facebook. And we now have 1,728 people following us on Facebook, which is fantastic. So if you'd like to get involved, go to Dumpty Dum forward slash forum or go to Facebook page and just look for us, Dumpty Dum, that's us, and we'll all be on there waiting to meet and greet you and discuss all things archers. So until next time, hooroo! Lucy. Right. Yes. We've been prattling on for like an hour plus, right? So mm-hmm. give us those tweets of the week and so we can start to wrap this up. Okay. Uh, Chrissy said... Having difficulty differentiating in my mind between Toby Young and Toby Fairbrother on Twitter. <laughs> Both are weapons-grade barons. <laughs> um, Gary Horrocks on Boxing Day put joy to one and all. I imagine there's frenzied bitch slapping at the Underwood sale. <laughs> Bound to be. Uh, Andrew Michael uh, said, I am rather hoping Pip calls her baby Herringbone. <laughs> Kerry Warbis said, oh, goody, a death trap near Peggy rubs hands. And tweet of the week is Helen Wormsley-Jones, who who said, Kate is so far away on another planet, it can only be a matter of time before she announces that she's a stable genius. (laughs) Topical insert. Well done. Right. Um, It's good to be back. It's It's the start of the new year. Ah, but folks, um, oh crumbs, that's it, that's in red. I was going to read your red bit. Why don't you read the red bit? All right, then. Um, if you would like to help <coughs> keep our little show on the road and buy some Benelin for Lucy, there are two ways this can be done. You can donate by hitting the donate button on the site, or you can sponsor us via patreon.com. Mm. Remember, folks, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website, which is dumptydum.com, or you can call us on 0203-031-3105 to leave us a message via a phone. On social media, you can find me, Royfield, and Lucy at dumptydum. Did I say on social media? I said on Twitter, sorry. On Twitter, you can find me, Royfield, and Lucy, where we are at dumptydum. Lucy is at... Lucy V. Freeman. And I can be found at Royfield. On Facebook, why don't you go on there and uh, type in Dumpty Dum and join our Dumpty Dum page. Right. Anything you want to end up by saying, Luce? Uh, nope. Only that um, I hope everybody has a very happy new year. Oh, I echo those sentiments. And I actually think we gave quite a quite a good roundup of all things Ambridge this week. 
Yeah, it's yeah. all right, wasn't it? Yeah, it's all right, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. All right. You all right? <laughs> Tassie, bye. <laughs> bye. That was all right. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.